You're listening to Voices of Family, a monthly podcast series from the BC Council for Families. Each month, we bring you thought-provoking discussions with notable figures and frontline workers in the family service community. Voices of Family takes you inside family services to hear what's new and on the horizon, making life better for BC families. Welcome to this edition of Voices of Family. This is Ruby Banga, Program Coordinator in Vancouver, talking with Betsy Mann from Ontario, who is a certified Canadian family educator. For over 16 years, she has facilitated workshops for parents of children of all ages, from birth to adolescence, as well as for caregivers in home and centre-based childcare settings. These workshops are delivered through a variety of community organizations, school boards, and early years centers in Ottawa, in eastern Ontario, and in the Udaway region. She is editor of the quarterly, quarterly newsletter of the Canadian Association of Family Resource Programs and also writes in the areas of child development and family support. Her publications include 15 modules in a training program for home child care providers, a handbook for facilitators of parenting groups, and a literature review in the field of parent education for vulnerable populations. She also writes handy resource sheets for parents, of which many are available online at www.parentsmatter.ca. We've asked Betsy to chat with us about her work in this field. Welcome, Betsy. First of all, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that you do? Well, as you've said, Ruby, I uh, split about my time between doing uh, facilitating groups for parents and doing writing. Uh, most of my writing is for the Canadian Association of Family Resource Programs, FRP Canada, uh, and it's all in the field of family support. I also do these uh, training modules for home child care providers, uh, and it's about half and half between the workshops and the writing. Thank you. So have you noticed a change in parents over the years you've been working in the field or a change in the way that society views the role of parents? I'd say there are perhaps two main changes that I've seen. Uh, The first one is what everybody talks about, the time crunch. Parents just don't seem to have a lot of time Uh, They spend lots of time, the studies show us, uh, with their children, and they're certainly investing a lot of uh, energy into doing things with and for their children, but uh, they don't have a lot of time to sign up for parenting workshops, uh, or even less for signing up for long-term courses. when I started, I was able to give 10-week, 8-week courses where we could build a group feeling and we could discuss issues and people really got into the things that were important for them. But uh, what I find now is that uh, it's difficult to get that kind of preventive uh, parenting education that people will come out for one night, two night, maybe at the most sign up for a four- or five-week course But unless they're having really serious difficulties with their children, uh, or someone has told them that they have to come, uh, they don't tend to sign up for for longer courses. The other thing that I've seen is the uh, increased involvement of fathers. I think fathers have really taken up the, um, the role of parenting. They really seem to be, or at least many of them, uh, really are... 
uh, seeing it as an important part of their role as a father to actually get involved with their kids. And uh, so whereas before the only fathers who would come would be uh, fathers who'd been dragged along by their wives or sent by their wives um, or sent by their lawyer who said it would look good on the custody uh, request, um, now I get parent fathers who, they're the ones who do the parenting workshops. The mother stays home, looks after the kids. They come out to the parenting workshops. They're seriously involved. They're engaged. Uh, they have important questions. They obviously are spending lots of time with their kids, and they really know what the issues are. So uh, that, to me, is a very encouraging change. Okay, so we talked a little bit about the change that we you've noticed in parents over the years or the role of parents. Um, what would you say or how has parenting education changed or how is it different now compared to when you started in the field? Well, there is that aspect of, uh, at least in the work that I'm doing in Ottawa, of, of having to shorten up courses, feel that you know we won't have parents for very long, we really have to get everything in. Um, but the other thing that I find uh, that has been a change is that there's been so much more research into the effects of parenting and different styles of parenting. So now we can actually say, well, it's not just because we think it, it's because studies have shown. And so we do have that to base our, our parenting education on. Um, also, I think that, that those studies have shown quite clearly how important it is to intervene in the early years, to really get parents thinking about their parenting from right from the start. And not to say that it's, we shouldn't be offering parenting education to parents of teens or preteens or school-aged children. Much the contrary. I think that Parents need support, need places to think about what's happening, and need information at those ages too. But what the research does show us is that when parents and children start off on the right foot, the outcomes are better for everybody. And it will be easier for parents to deal with some of the challenges in the later years if they have started their parenting career on a footing that gives them confidence. Uh, so I think that though that um, that emphasis on early years and even before the birth of children, and now we're looking at prenatal and even pre-pregnancy parenting education, uh, I think that that can be uh, a really important addition to our range of parenting education and guide us in the emphasis that we're putting on those years. How would you describe your approach to parenting education and working with parents? When I start my workshops, I always tell people that if they came to get the expert answers on how to make things work with their kids, they really came to the wrong place because I don't know them, I don't know their children, and I don't know their family situation. And so how can I be the expert in what's going on in their home. Uh, and my kids tell me that I'm not the expert in what goes on in my own home, so how could I be for, for somebody else? And uh, what I really feel that people are doing when they come to either a one-night workshop or even better, a, a longer group, 
they're giving themselves time and space to think, to really sit back and reflect on what is happening in their home. Now, they may go away after they hear me or after they hear the other people in the workshop, what they have to say. They may go away and say, I'm doing the right thing, I'm on the right track, so they increase their confidence. Uh, or they may say, oh, now I understand what's happening and why that's happening. I, I'll try something a little bit different, and uh, we'll see how that changes things. Um, but they don't have time to reflect in daily life. They're rushing, and the kid's right in front of them screaming. So uh, this is really a, a time to reflect. That's, I think, the most important thing in parenting education. Great. So how do you think we can do a better job of letting parents know about the benefits of parenting education or attending groups or attending family resource programs? Well, we know that word of mouth is the most valuable and the most effective way of uh, letting people know the value of, of parenting education. It's when somebody says to them, oh, it just made all the difference to me. No, that doesn't mean we aren't putting up posters and we aren't, you know, appearing at uh, events where we can make our services known. But still, the the it's the word of mouth. It's it's people saying, uh, "This helped me." That will bring other people in, um, which means that the more people we ha get using our services, the more people will want to use our services. Um, but also I'm reminded of something that I heard at a workshop that I went to, and I don't know whether this was the speaker's main message, but it was certainly the one that I took away from her presentation. She said, you know, when we talk about these vulnerable, marginalized populations, we talk about them being hard to reach. And in fact, if we turned that around and said, well, maybe we're the ones who are hard to reach. From their point of view, we're the hard-to-reach people. So what can we do to make ourselves easier to reach? And we'll get better answers. And that will depend, of course, on where we are, because we're responding to the needs of the people in the community. Uh, and so this will look different in different communities, what makes us easy to reach. Uh, but as we tell people in in counseling or uh, in group work, you cannot change someone else's behavior, you can only change your own. And then they will change theirs in response to the changes you make. So if we change our way of doing things, responding to people, then uh, we can uh, influence the way that they will act to us and hopefully be, will be easier to reach in the end. Okay, so having said that, what can we do to make our supports better to parents, supports to parents better? Is there a change you would like to see happen at the agency level, or is there something that individual practitioners themselves can do? Well, as I say, I think that that really depends a lot on, um, on who we are, who we're serving. I think we can listen. Uh, I think we really need to listen to see what it is that parents are asking for, what issues keep on coming up. Um, sometimes because of our funding, we tend to listen to our funders and, and we offer courses that 
respond to what our funders think uh, parents should want and or what our uh, our personnel I mean we may have somebody who's really good at something so that's what we offer well you know if that's not what people want then she can be really good at it but um, it's not it, and it's a subject that really interests her but it's not going to be useful to parents and so uh, well I can give you an example um, I do a lot of workshops um, and I find that no matter what the topic is people come with their concerns right so I could be doing a workshop on cognitive development in three-year-olds and they want to know about toilet training in their two-year-old you know they bring the question I have to try and answer it or direct them towards resources but something that has been coming up broadly in a lot of the workshops that I do is uh, people who come up to me afterwards and they say oh I wish my husband had come to this workshop you know we just are having so much trouble trying to he just sees things differently and we're not on the same wavelength and I wish he'd come or you know oh I wish my wife had come because boy you know she just doesn't do this sort of thing and I'm right with you but you know she's just not going to try this and we need to work, work together so I've been developing a um, trying to develop a workshop around uh, parenting with a partner building a parenting partnership uh, so that helping couples see that uh, this is not a uh, th there are ways to work through the differences you may have in how you see bringing up children uh, and uh, I think that I think actually this problem is a sign of a good thing um, as I said earlier fathers are getting so much more involved and whereas before they might have said well you know she'll handle the child rearing thing and you know she'll just do that well now they are forming their relationships with their very young children and wanting to intervene in the same uh, at the same level as their uh, their wives and uh, or their partners and so they are we're discovering a lot more differences uh, those differences that perhaps didn't matter so much before now are becoming very important in daily life and they're uh, but they don't always have the tools to resolve those differences and they where they realize that it's not good to have two completely different set of rules in the same household um, because I am talking about parents who are living in the same household um, they realize that that's not good but they aren't quite sure how to bring their rules and their styles into alignment so um, I'm trying to respond to that need that I hear a lot um, which is also uh, often linked to different cultures where one parent is brought up in one culture and sees certain practices as perfectly normal and natural and another parent thinks that this is not at all how you bring up children so the culture and background and traditions also come into it it's a very complicated issue but I think it's an important one to address it is yeah and do you have any advice for people who are just entering the field? Well, um, uh, I'm a certified Canadian family educator, and I think that that's an important, uh, an important certification. Uh, this was started actually by Family Service Canada, and now is uh, handled by uh, FRP Canada, Canadian Association of Family Resource Programs. It's a certification pro 
program uh, for people who wish to work in the field of family education. Um, and it, it is there because it's not as if you could take a degree in family education. People come with a really a mixed bag of uh, education, experience, uh, and uh, approaches. So looking at the requirements for uh, the certification, I think will guide people who are starting off in parenting education towards uh, what they need to fill in terms of um, of their education, of their experience, their reading, the workshops, uh, mentoring that they might want to do with somebody. So that would be one thing. Um, the other thing is, and, and this is different from what I do, uh, but I, um, I do see people being drawn to the idea, maybe they're watching Super Nanny, uh, they're drawn to the idea of parent coaching. And uh, I'm not quite sure where I stand on that. Because, well, I think that it's a very, uh, a very good idea. Uh, I, I'm sorry that people miss out on what you get in a group when you have other parents sitting around the table um, and they tell their stories. You realize, oh, I'm not alone. Oh, my kid's not so bad after all. Oh, I'm glad I'm not <laughs> a kid's parent. You get a different thing out of a group. Um, the idea of parent coaching is, of course, somebody comes in and helps you solve a particular problem. Um, and given the time crunch that parents are in, they many may not feel that they want to sit around and listen to other people's problems, even though you know we know that they get a lot out of it. Um, they are heading towards that, okay, I'm going to get somebody in and see my kid and my home and give us advice. Uh, without going to counseling. So I think that's an important area to think about and maybe people who are heading into parent education might see where their skills lie and where their uh, interests lie. Um, parent education in, in, in a group setting is requires different kinds of skills um, but I, that is certainly parent coaching is certainly an option. Um, and responds to a different kind of need. Well, thank you, Betsy, for taking some time out of your busy day to speak with me today. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to Betsy Mann, Certified Canadian Family Educator, share her perspective on parenting education. That wraps it up for this episode of Voices of Family. Check the BC Council for Families website next month for another episode on the latest in family services at www.bccf.ca. To keep our series relevant and engaging to family service professionals, we're listening to your feedback from the listener survey located on the Learning Network webpage below the podcast player. Let us know your thoughts on this episode and tell us who you'd like to hear interviewed. Thanks, and see you next time.